Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on this week's episode, Adam Burrish and I look at a Blackhawks team that is grinding out points, getting points in seven of their last eight outings, big tests against the Carolina Hurricanes and Dallas Stars on the horizon. Patrick Kane continues to climb up the leaderboard in NHL record books. Kevin Lankinen playing hot, and we hear from Philip Kurashev later in the show after a two-goal, one-assist performance in his last two games, playing so well he got promoted to the top line alongside Patrick. Kane. All that and more coming up on Blackhawks Insider presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. In hockey, the power play can be a game changer. It's a big opportunity to score. Well, your local Chevy dealer has an opportunity for you to score big. Now get $5,500 cash allowance on most 2020 Equinox models plus current Chevy owners get an additional $7,500 cash, all adding up to big savings. Show winner who's boss with switchable all-wheel drive that puts you in charge of winter weather driving. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for details and take your best shot. Offer valid through January 31st, 2021. Welcome into Blackhawks Insider. Carter Baum, Adam Burrish with you once again. Uh, Burr, it's been a very up and down couple games for the Blackhawks, some positive moments, uh, some some moments where Jeremy Colleton has said they want to see the team better. But the one thing they've been able to do consistently since you and I last spoke uh, just over a week ago, they've been able to pick up points. Seven of uh, the last eight games, the Blackhawks have been able to get at least a point out of it, getting players in and out of the lineup. Uh, what have you seen from this group just uh, overall before we start diving into just a couple uh, couple key points? Yeah, just grinding. I've seen them grinding, and and they're in games. And you know, you, you look back at the first game here against Carolina, and you and I talked before the show, and that was one where they come out flying. You you find yourself in a hole. That's an easy game to let it run away from you and lose five to one or five to two or something. And it's just, hey, we had a bad start, but they hung in there. And you've seen that. Uh, the last six or seven games for sure where there's games when they either don't have their best or a team gets a big start, but they hang in there. They find a way to come back. Um, you know, Kaner's a big reason. Some of these young guys, Kurashev's a big reason. You get some young guys that are put into situations that they're not used to, but when, when you put guys in though, you know you're going to get a lot of energy from them. You're going to get a lot of effort and they want to stick in these spots and they want more ice time. And, you know, Jeremy's dangling that carrot in front of them and either scratching guys or less minutes. And if you want to compete and you want to play the way he wants you to play, you get ice time and you get bumped up the lineup. And these young kids now know that if they have one good game, um, there's spots available to take. And, and Jeremy's rewarding them that. And the guys that have gotten rewarded, uh, they get to play with, with 88. They get to play with the Brinkett. They get to play uh, on the power play. And that's how you get points. And and uh, it's a good motivator coaches can use is playing time, and, and Jeremy's using that. And I think that's why you're seeing a lot of fight, a lot of grit out of this team and hanging around in games and just getting it to overtime to get a point uh, against Carolina in the first game was was a big deal. And, and that's why I think it's been so far, it's been the message, if you hear Jeremy and the players, it's been positive, and it should be, uh, because they're hanging around and, and, and they're, uh, they're fighting. 
those young guys are getting those opportunities with uh, a very uh, interesting last week for the roster. And I'm sure Stan Bowman trying to find uh, different players to call up and bring down from the taxi squad, from uh, even from Rockford, some movement. We talked last week when we recorded last week's episode, uh, Alex DeBrinkett and Adam Boquist had just been added to protocol, the COVID protocol. Uh, they were joined soon thereafter by Lucas Walmark, uh, Ryan Carpenter, Nicholas Bodan over the weekend. So a lot of guys who were playing games for the Blackhawks forced to come out of the roster. Some of these young guys step up, uh, including who we'll talk to later in the show, Philip Kurashev getting a promotion to the top line. You've got uh, Matthew Highmore coming back into the lineup, Brandon Hagel getting some additional time, Reese Johnson getting his uh, NHL debut during that stretch. These guys are stepping up and Yes, they're young. You can tell they're young at certain moments on the ice, but uh, by and large, they're taking the opportunity that's given to them and they're running with it. I mean, there's not been one single debut or addition to the lineup that has really stood out as like a, wow, he's a half step behind or he's not ready for this. It seems like anyone who kind of fits in is at least very close to that opportunity and maybe just needs a little more seasoning in their game. Yeah, and you, yeah I think you nailed it. And it's It seems obvious and it seems easy, but... Um you know, there's a lot of times and a lot of games I've, I've played in where, and, and I was the guy sometimes where you get thrown into a top six role and with some really good players and you're just, you're not quite there and you're just, uh, you're not ready for that yet. And so far the, the guys that Jeremy's inserted into those spots that have earned it, um, they've done great and they've produced and they put up points. And if you're going to play on those top six, top six lines, you got to play the right way, but you got to produce too. I mean, you, you got to score goals. You got to make plays. You got to have points. Uh, that's just a fact that if you're going to be on the power play, you, you can't turn the puck over. You got to make plays and you got to make points. And the guys they've thrown in there, they certainly don't look like guys that, that can't score or don't have some uh, offensive ability or can skate or can make plays. And so um, that's why it's been fun to see who they kind of throw in these different spots and how are they going to do. And, um, and, and I think for the most part, you could say those guys, they've, they've impressed and they've done well and, and, um, and, and they seem to be playing the right way too. And, and, you know, we talked before the year and or Jeremy did a lot about, uh, we got to play the right way too. And we've got to be responsible and there's going to be some growing pains, but um, you know, for the most part, these, these young guys that have had the chance to step in, uh, they're, they're working for it and they're earning it. We have seen a pretty linear progression from this team game after game, basically since uh, opening night in Tampa Bay. The opening trip to Florida was obviously a disappointment. We've talked about it. The team has talked about it. But almost since that trip, it's been just progression after progression, game after game, more and more things are starting to come together. Uh, and we touched on just the Carolina game on Tuesday night. Here we are. We're recording this episode between the two Carolina games, a 4-3 uh, shootout loss in the first one. And I don't know about you, Burr, but coming into that game, it was a real test for the Blackhawks to see just how far they had come. You had games against Detroit, against Nashville, two teams kind of in flux. Uh, Columbus coming in as a pretty good team, but not a true, um, I think, powerhouse level that you might be able to put Carolina in a team that's got a 5-1-0 record. They allow the fewest goals against in the league. They had their own bout with COVID. They've played a fewer games than than a couple teams, but Carolina's a really good team. It was going to be a good test in these two games. And then you turn around and face Dallas uh, over the weekend and into next week, another team who is at the top of the division and uh, just scoring goals at will at this point. I mean, these are two big tests for the Blackhawks, and at least in the first game, 
we, you mentioned it, you're a little slow to start, but you fight back in, you get a point, and that's got to be an encouraging sign as a, as a big test for this roster. Yeah, you, you start the season with Tampa, uh, who's a team that, again, could, you know, you, anybody would probably throw their name in the hat as a team that could win the Stanley Cup again next year. Uh, you get You get beat twice pretty good by them. Uh, you fast forward, is it a month now? And you're playing a, a Carolina team that I think a lot of people too could say, hey, that's a team that could win a Stanley Cup too. They were right there last year. They were in the mix last year. Um, so how are you going to stack up? And they take them to overtime and, and you come out and, um, you know, I think if either the players had said we started slow, we were kind of watching and we wanted to feel our way into a game and, and against good teams, you can't tiptoe into a game you got to go in 100 miles an hour and they didn't and all of a sudden you're down 2-0 now against a really good team it's tough to come back but they did and they got it to overtime and you know so you hope the next game you, you see if you can drag this thing on like that a little longer you start on time don't put yourself in a hole early and um, then you get yourself down to that third period and if you're if you can keep that game tied going to the third period or up a goal um, now you give your star players a, a chance. Maybe you get a power play. The power play has been good. Um, then you find a way to squeak one out, and that's what young teams, that's what you know, teams that are you know trying to grow um, do, and then they're able to get over that hump. And, and I think you saw that a little bit in the first game too, that they hung in there. They, they, they kind of got punched in the face early. They woke up, and they, and they grinded back into it. But tomorrow night will be a really good test again for them. And then, and then you fast forward, and you go right into Dallas, which is another you know, top team that went to the finals last year and probably could do the same again this year. So some good tests ahead. The more uh, some things change, talking about the young guys and the new additions to this lineup, uh, the more some things uh, stay the same. Patrick Kane continues to lead the team in goals, tied for the lead in assists, uh, leads in points, uh, has four points in the last three games. And uh, on Tuesday night, you know he continues to move up basically every record book known to man that the NHL keeps, but uh, tied Doug Waite for the sixth most point most points by an American born player with one thousand and thirty three on Tuesday night. Uh six goals away from his four hundredth. He'd be the fourth in franchise history and just the hundredth NHL or all time to reach that milestone when he gets there. Uh and oh yeah, he's sixteen games away from that silver stick and uh, his thousandth game. I mean we we talk about Patrick Kane all the time, but as much of these young guys come in, he seems to be the glue that keeps them together. We talked to Philip Kurishev a little later on about what it's like to play with Patrick Kane, and he said, you know, just go out there and have fun. That was his advice from Patrick Kane, you know, a future Hall of Famer playing with a guy who's played in, I think, three or four NHL games at that point. He's kind of the catalyst for a lot of these guys uh, just with how consistent he is night in and night out. Yeah, he's getting better still, and I think a good sign of that is when you throw him in there with a young kid or a kid that's only been in the league for 10 games, you know, how, how does that kid do? And a lot of that sometimes is a reflection on the guys he's playing with, and, and so far anybody Jeremy's threw on a wing with them, they've scored that night, and some of them have scored multiple times that night, and and that's that's a reflection on your line mates. And sometimes you see guys, you know, as they get into their 30s, well, now maybe the younger guy's carrying them along, and that's certainly not the case Still with Patrick Kane, he's carrying everybody else along with him. Whoever you throw on a line with him, he makes them look good. He makes them look comfortable. He makes them fit in. He makes them feel comfortable. Oh, and he puts pucks on their tape back door for for some for some pretty easy goals for these guys. So yeah, he's just he just keeps getting better and better. And um, these young kids, he, when you talk to him too, and when you know we talked to Philip here today, you you can sense that they all just they, they all feel so lucky and privileged when the when they show up at the rink and and Jeremy says, oh yeah, by the way, you're playing with 88 today, and 
pretty cool feeling for these young guys. We uh, we would be remiss if we also didn't touch on uh, Burr. What I think last season we dubbed the Blackhawks Insider uh, Boost. Um, yep. We had one Kevin Lankin in on the show last week. He had a couple games under his belt, a couple wins, was playing really well. Then we gave him a half boost. We didn't give him a full boost because he was kind of already on his way there. But boy, we talked about the Blackhawks getting points in seven of eight uh, of their last eight games. It's no coincidence that Kevin Lankinen has started seven of the last eight games. He's allowed two or less goals in six straight starts. Uh, he's first in the league among goalies with five or more starts and save percentage with uh, 93.5%, uh, 2.09 goals against average, third in the league among goalies with five or more starts, a season-high 38 saves on Tuesday, uh, uh, lauded by his teammates and, and by Jeremy Collison afterwards for really keeping him in that game, especially in the third period, helping them get at least two overtime to get that point. Uh, Kevin Lankinen, uh, through the opening three, four weeks of the season, is uh, by all means the real deal in net. And you can see why Stan Bowman and Jeremy Colleton wanted to get this guy a look this season. And it wasn't just about Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban coming into the year. Schedule an appointment with our podcast and you'll light it up. <laughs> you put That's out a kind call. of what you're telling me, I guess. You put out a call to Jeremy Colleton, right? Of, hey, whoever you want going next week, let us know. We'll, we'll help you out. We'll put him on the podcast, Jeremy. And if you want to get him going, just let us know and we'll, we'll find time for him. We'll get him in there and, and you know, you're going to have a good week out of them. But yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been cool. Kevin, you know, Lincoln has been great. And, and you could, it, I don't think at the start of the season, you would have thought, um, boy, are, are, we're not scoring enough goals to win games. It would have been, geez, we're, we're probably giving up a few, a few too many to win hockey games. And I mean, if you've got a goaltender with a, with a 2.09 save percentage or something under three in today's NHL, you're going to win the majority of your games. You've got to score three goals in the league now to win hockey games. And when you've got a goaltender that's you know, allowing two every night, um, you should win a lot of hockey games. And I think if he keeps playing like that, I, I think this team will start winning some games. I think the power play has been good enough to, to get one a night. And if they can get one a night and then, you know, you got, you got 88 that can score every night and one other guy chip one in and hang around. And I think that's why this team is surprised, you know, surprised a little bit everybody that they're hanging around as much as they are. And they're finding ways to, to be around late in games and drag them into overtime. Now they haven't won an overtime game yet, but just getting there and getting points can give a young team confidence. Um, and it's been fun to watch. And, and we said from the start, one of these goaltenders of the three that they have is going to need to say, Hey, I want to be the guy. I want to take it right now. That's Kevin. We should say Malcolm Subban also had a very strong performance in the one yeah. game that he got in Nashville. So it's not like the other two have been, yeah, he was really good, have been bad. It's just Kevin Lankinen is going above and beyond and you have to continue to ride the hot hand uh in goal and it's very interesting to hear um especially some of the veterans over the last week or two as they talk about Kevin Lankin and I think Duncan Keith said he's just got a like quiet confidence behind him in goal there I mean how much does that help you as a as a skater on the ice to know that you can maybe make that risk every now and then knowing that you've got a guy behind you who if you make a mistake uh, more often than not, can bail you out. I mean, what confidence does that give you out there as a skater? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's any. I mean, uh, goaltenders. It's a. They're playing a different sport. Almost, you feel like sometimes, but just <laughs> confidence amongst any teammate. When you got a teammate that just 
kind of exudes confidence and you can look around the room and you can see guys that may be a little nervous or maybe a little timid, but those guys that just kind of project confidence makes you feel confident too. And um, you think, but I mean, I'm sure you look in that locker room, you look at Duncan Keith before a game and you just know like, all right, that guy's ready. Like, I, yeah, no problem. He's got my back and goaltenders. You can look at them sometimes and you can tell this guy's a little nervous and you can tell a guy on the other team too. You can, you can look at a goaltender and see when his confidence a little shaken or a defenseman that's, just trying to survive and not make a turnover and he throws a lot of pucks away and guys will attack those guys and guys will put a little extra pressure on those guys knowing you may get a turnover and um, you know and obviously with, with Kevin what Duncan said is you, you recognize those things as a teammate and as a guy in the locker room and you can tell when a goaltender's fighting it or when he's not real confident just like he can with a player and the more guys you have in a room that just say hey give me the puck I'll be ready or you know when you, you think about you know, Kane's a guy like that. Jonathan Taves has always been a guy like that. Brent Seabrook was always a guy like that. And Alex DeBrinkett's a guy like that. Give me the puck. You know, put it in my, put it on my tape and I'll bury it. Um, the more guys you have like that, it makes everybody else confident and it kind of trickles around the locker room. Well, we'll get to our guest here in just a moment, but I do want to set up this interview by touching on Philip Kurashev and um, just kind of the incredible week he's had you touched on it he gets promoted to the top line with Patrick Kane with some of these absences uh and he takes that ball and he runs with it he's got two goals and an assist in his last two outings since that happened uh he's been a very consistent threat uh no matter where he's playing in the lineup on the wing lower in the lineup um he's playing with Kane and Matthias Janmark right now uh, he's getting power play time he's being moved to his natural center role after kind of being eased on eased in on the wing. Um, he, he's someone who Jeremy Colleton said, uh, I think last week, look, he didn't expect him to, uh, to really be a role on this team this season. Uh, he kind of got the opportunity. He impressed in training camp coming off of, you know, starting the season a little early over in Switzerland. And he's just made it impossible to take out of the lineup, continues to get better and better. And, uh, another bright spot, uh, of, of many bright spots for some of these young guys on the Blackhawks roster. Yeah, if you get an opportunity, be ready. And so far, these young kids that have gotten a chance have have produced. They've put up points and they've been ready. And and he's another example of that. And a guy that spent some time in Rockford and and you know paid his dues, I guess you will, for a bit. And and he's jumped in and he got a he got a nice promotion from Jeremy. Jeremy saw that he had earned it. He had a couple good games in a row and said here you go. Let's see what you can do now. And you're going to get a great opportunity. And, and he took it and he ran with it and he's had a couple great games. And, and the more you keep doing that, he you're going to keep getting more chances. Power play time too, throws him on the power play. So good for Phillip and, and good for this team, more young guys that can get that seasoning, that experience and, and that confidence. Uh, they're, they're, they're going to start doing some really good things. Well, we'll send it over now to Philip Kurashev. He makes a lot of plays, and I thought tonight he, his patience and confidence with the puck uh, really helped that line, and they had a few more chances. Um, you know, he's a young guy, so it's not going to be he's there now, and it might last a few games, and, uh, you know, we'll let it run. But uh, it's going to be up and down with guys, and we're just going to try and help them through it. And I think we got a bunch of competition. We got a bunch of young players who are pushing uh, for ice, and that's a great thing. Joined now by Philip Kurashev, who uh, has had quite the week. Philip, uh, first off, thank you for joining us on Blackhawks Insider. Welcome to the show. Uh, how are things going today? A practice day at Fifth Third Arena, an off, or not an off day, but a day between games here. Uh, how are you feeling after a, a brief uh, on ice uh, on ice practice? 
Uh, yeah, it was uh, good. Uh, we had a short practice uh, just to, you know, get get going, get uh, move your legs a little bit, and uh, prepare for tomorrow's game. What's the schedule like? I mean, you guys are playing almost every other day. You, the practices are tough. I know you can't go full out for hour, hour and a half. You have to kind of uh, take watch the toll on your body. I mean, how much is that coming into play through this opening uh, almost month of the season by now? Um, I, I love it. I think it's great. We play like every two days almost. And uh, so you basically just in practice, you just go and uh, keep it short, do some uh, flow drills or something or um, do some line stuff and then uh, you just play. So um, I think everyone likes to play games more. Uh, so uh, I think it's been great. Obviously, it's a little bit harder, but uh, I, I like it. Carter, I've been telling you, how the season's going to go? Players love playing games. We hate practicing every day. So three <laughs> or four days of practice is no good. But when you when you came over here, Philip, you joined the Blackhawks. You're a new guy here. What did you expect? Um, what did you expect out of yourself coming in? Obviously, the last couple of games you've absolutely lit it up. You're you're. It seems to be a guy that enjoys scoring. You want to put up points, but what was your expectation of yourself coming in here? What did you want to do for this team? Um, well, for sure, uh, my goal was to to make the team first, uh, um, and then after that, you know, help as much as I can. Doesn't matter, um, like what role or who I play with or whatever. I just wanted to come and uh, do my best, you know, help the team get the wins. And, uh, um, yeah, obviously I, I like to be offensive player. And, uh, yeah, so far it's uh, been going pretty good. You had a little jump start on the season. You got um, some games under your belt over in Switzerland before the NHL season started playing in the fall. You played, I believe, 13 games with HC uh, Logano in your, your native country, nine assists. Uh, a fantastic start for you over there. How much did that help um, just get the legs going, get your confidence up and kind of help you find your rhythm before coming into training camp? Oh, it helped a, a, a lot, uh, especially like from last season when it uh, got um, like canceled and then uh, like with all the bubble and stuff, I didn't play there and like it was like a long time between games and uh, I think those 13 games helped me uh, yeah, a lot, and uh, like I, I was able to play with some really good players and good coaching staff, and um, they played me a lot. So, um, yeah, I think for sure I had some momentum um, going, and uh, I brought it here. Obviously, we had we had some breaks with the quarantines and stuff, but uh, I think it still helped me. So, yeah, I'm just trying to keep it uh, keep the momentum going. Burr, I'm gonna go off the wall here for just a second. Philip, you are born and raised in Switzerland. I'm just going to ask a question and then I'll explain afterwards to everyone else kind of listening, uh, maybe a little bit of why, but how many languages do you know how to speak uh, fluently or, or relatively fluently? I mean, I, I know uh, English obviously is is one, but how many do you know or are comfortable speaking in? Yeah, like I was English, um, Russian and uh, German, like Swiss German more. Um and then uh, French, I uh, I understand it. Um, speaking is a little bit hard still for me, but uh, yeah, like when I was playing in Quebec and um, like I understand the guys when they were talking, I just, uh, um, I'm still not really comfortable like speaking myself. Um, but yeah, those are like the four languages. 
Switzerland's a very interesting country, Burr, because it's like right between Italy, Germany, France, like all these different languages kind of meld in Switzerland. And I think a lot of people that live in Switzerland for a long time, like you do, Philip, know how to speak several of them, or at least are no parts of them. And uh, that's always been one thing that's incredibly interesting to me is anytime someone from Switzerland uh, I get to talk to, I like to ask them kind of which different ones they like. And as you said, like a Swiss German, almost a hybrid dialect there between the two. Yeah. No, for sure. Everyone has to uh, learn different language in school too. It's not just um, like if you're in the French part, it's not just French. You always have to do either German or uh, Italian or something like this. So, um, and then English, of course, you have to know too. So, yeah, most uh, almost every all people in Switzerland know more than one language. Well, then sure. the uh, the guys in the locker room, they all got to be careful around him, Carter, because they can speak French <laughs> and he understands them. They can't say anything bad about Philip because he can listen and he knows what, you know, I remember I sit in the locker room, the French guys would speak and the Russian guys would speak. And Finnish, <laughs> I had no idea. He knows what they're saying. They can't trash talk him behind his back. <laughs> well, let's fast forward to now. Yeah, let's fast forward now, Philip. All of a sudden you show up to the rink a couple days ago and Coach Colleton says, hey, you're playing with Patrick Kane tonight. What was that like? I, I, you know, I, I taught Patrick Kane a lot of what he knows. I assisted on his first thirty goal season behind the back. Don't look past. <laughs> He'll tell you that himself. Too. Yep. Um, but what was that like for you? Show up at the rink and all of a sudden you see your your number next to him at the board. Or what, did Jeremy say anything to you? Um. Yeah, Jeremy uh, texted me the day before and say uh, be prepared to like play center. Um, but I, I didn't know obviously who with, um, but I come to the rink and I see, see it on the board and, uh, I was really happy, yeah. uh, of course, to play with, uh, so, uh, with such a great player and, uh, yeah, I was, I uh, couldn't wait, uh, to get the game going, you know, to, um, you know, have a chance to play with him. Uh, it was great. What does he say anything to you before the game? Does you know just hey, get open, kid. I'll get you the puck, and you know it's going to be there. <laughs> or did you have any? Did he say anything? What What did you guys talk about before the game? No, I think it was just like you know, have fun and uh, like let's make some plays, um, like play offensive, and uh, that's basically it. Just um, yeah, have fun. I guess you touched on. Jeremy texting you and saying you're going to play center. You're a natural center. That's kind of the position you love to play. Getting eased into the lineup, though, this year, playing a little bit on the wing and some of the depth lines, how much did that help you not only get adjusted to the league before being tossed the, the two-way responsibility of that center role? And you know how difficult was that maybe to also adjust to uh, an unnatural position or one that you're not used to playing on a daily basis? Yeah, I think uh, maybe it did help, yes, uh, that I didn't start a center. I don't know, but uh, for sure at the start it was a little bit weird because I didn't play wing. The last time I played wing, I was like 14 or 15. So, <laughs> um, yeah, um, the first couple times was a little bit weird. But, uh, yeah, but I, that's what I mean. Like, I, I got uh, kind of more used to the league. I mean, it was only a couple of games, but still... Uh, um, maybe it was good that I started on the wing and so now I'm more comfortable and now I can start playing center. So it was good for sure. What's been the biggest difference for you coming over from Switzerland to the NHL? Is is one easier? Is one harder? What's been the biggest biggest difference for you? Um, it's completely different. Um, there it's obviously the big ice too. Um, you have a lot more space and... Um, like kind of different uh, style of play, I think. It's more like 
maybe tactic and stuff. So um, that was the biggest thing here. It's everything. It's so fast. Um, you just have to make your decision way more quick and uh, like think ahead. Um, uh, and like uh, that's that's the biggest thing, just the speed of the game, I think. How much did your year last year in Rockford help you? I know Derek King raved about you at the end of the season, said you're probably the most improved player from start to finish. You started your first uh, 16 pro games. I think you had six points in those first 16 games, but then you really started to find your stride. I think you had uh, 11 points over your next 12 games before you got injured, and that kind of derailed your season. You came back just before things got paused, but how much did that um, experience really help you kind of grow and, and get comfortable at the pro level and, and with the North American game even more? Yeah, I think it helped for sure. Um, obviously, this uh, injury kind of was tough. I missed two months. Um, but yeah, before that, uh, I had a little bit struggle at the start, but then I got it rolling. And uh, and theirs too, it's great staff too. And they helped me a lot with the video too and stuff like that. So, um, and it's a good league too. Uh, it's hard to play there. Um, and yeah, there's a great speed there too. So it's uh, it was helpful. And then you come in and now you got power play time too. You're playing on one of the power play units. How has that gone? I mean, power play for this team so far this year has seemed like something that's kept you alive, kept you in games. Did you guys work on power play today? Or what have you seen from the power play since you've been on it uh, while you guys have had a little bit of success? Yeah, well, uh, we have some really good players too on the power play there on the first one. Oh, on the both ones, but um, I think yeah, this in uh, in the NHL, I think the the special teams are usually what makes the difference in the games. And uh, yeah, we work on it a lot in practice, and um, yeah, hopefully we can uh, like keep it going like that. Uh, I think it's helping us uh, to staying in games and uh, uh, you know winning. So. You're not the only Swiss rookie making impressions this year. You have Pew Suter also uh, on the lineup with you. I, I was trying to do some some research before the show, and correct me if I'm wrong, did you guys briefly overlap uh, playing over in Switzerland a few years ago as well on a team? It looks like he only got a couple of games on, uh, what was it, uh, GCK Lions that you were playing for, the U20s? Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, we did. Uh, we played a couple of games together because he was playing already pro and I was still uh, juniors, and uh, I think they they got uh, out of playoffs or something. And then the young guys who are still able to play juniors came, and uh, we played like a couple of games in the playoffs together. Um, and we were actually in the same school that year, not same class, but sometimes we were uh, same uh, like same room in the school too. So it's uh, kind of funny how how now we're on the same team again here. How how comfortable does that make it to have someone like that uh, that you have a history with? Oh yeah, it's great for sure. Uh, uh, it makes us uh, really comfortable too. I can speak you know Swiss German with him, and um, you know on the roads and stuff uh, we can hang out and talk to each other. So uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. But I think they talk about the other players too in Swiss German, right? Yeah, he can talk trash about everybody else. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't do that. Well, uh, what do you like to do away from the rink? What What have you been doing? You know, when you when you leave the rink today, are you, are you a video game guy? Do you read books? Do you watch hockey games? What What kind of stuff are you into away from the rink? 
Uh, I like to watch all sports. I think I'm really, I really like uh, watch hockey. Um, I watch like almost every day, and uh, some basketball too when it's going. And uh, my, I don't have a, my PlayStation is broken, so I can't play right now. But uh, and then uh, what else I do? I just call my family on the phone and my friends from uh, back home. So that's kind of all what I do. Yeah, watches hockey every day, but uh, just like a line mate of his on on his wing there, Patrick Kane. They they have a yeah. lot in common already, yeah. Yeah. right off the top. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the, the Swiss connection real quick. I want to toss a name out there, uh, Reto von Arks. He was a, an assistant coach of yours on the national team level. Am I correct? Yes. Uh, what do you know? A little trivia question for you. Do you know what you two have in common uh, along with Pew Suter as the only three? to uh to do something uh the three of you all together share one thing in common mm. score goal score goal <laughs> that too you share that no you're the only three swiss players in blackhawks history the three of you so he was your assistant coach at the national oh. team level the two of you now this year uh puce and and yourself uh, a ninth round pick in 2000. I just wanted to toss that out okay. there. But a little Swiss history for the Blackhawks, uh, all, all crossing paths there. Uh, and now you and Puse lead the NHL uh, rookies in, in goal scoring. What's it been like, uh, you two going back and forth and, and both finding your own uh, success over the last couple games, last couple weeks? Uh, yeah, well, last couple of games, I got some really nice passes too. You know, I just had to uh, like put it in the, the net. So, um that's kind of how, how mine went uh, and him too i think he had a great game uh where he scored the hat trick uh so yeah we're we're having fun i think we're enjoying uh playing for the chicago blackhawks and yeah we're just enjoying every day here as we uh wrap up here going into the game tomorrow again against carolina what what was the talk today i'm sure you guys had a little bit of video quick practice but what what needs to get done tomorrow to get a better result i think we have to be more ready at the start i think at the start they were flying out there um obviously we expected them to be a really fast team and strong and all of this but i think our start wasn't uh, where it should be so i think Tomorrow, the main goal, I think, is to start the game strong, uh, kind of like match their speed or whatever you say, and uh, try to get more going in the in the first half of the game for sure. Well, Philip, a strong couple games for you. We uh, we hope you can keep that going, and uh, we want to thank you for joining us. It's been great getting to know you just a little bit, talk to you. Uh, and hope that you uh, can continue your success and keep playing with uh, Patrick Kane on that top line and, and scoring some points and uh, getting some results for the Blackhawks. Yeah, thank you very much. I try my best. Yeah, thanks. So. Keep sniping. I will try. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Philip. Uh, that'll do it for this week's episode. For Adam Burrish, I'm Carter Baum. Special thanks to, to Philip Kurashev for giving us some time today. But uh, besides that, Blackhawks Hurricanes Thursday night, 7 o'clock from the United Center. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider, presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. <laughs>